on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Entrepreneurs who are having those rock stars and you're pulling them up the hill and you want it more than they do, stop, right? Yeah. Hold them accountable, call them on, you know, call them on their mistakes and see what they do. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, back with you today, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got a special queen here on the stage, Carmen Barrison. How are you today, Miss Carmen? I'm great. I'm impressed you said queen. It was it was fun. I listened to some of your podcasts um, yes. after being asked to be on your show, and yeah. um, and I was like. I was like, well, I think it's a queen instead of a king today. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I say this every single time we have a queen on the stage that um, king is not masculine. It's mindset. But Love that. for I'm today, gonna... we will make sure that you're very queenly. Um, your story <laughs> is going to absolutely back up the fact that you're a queen. So I can't wait to get to that. But at this level, um, tell us what kind of business that you're running. And I want to ask you some high level questions first. I love it. I have a women's empowerment company and that has multiple branches and we have A-Line Boutique under it that we have four locations. We have A-Line Stories um, that includes my memoir that got published and hit number one on Amazon, which was mm-hmm. new release, which is awesome. And we have A-Line Adventures, which I take clients to Paris and to New York and to ice climbing and to hanging off of cliffs and fun things like that. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> I can only assume that, you know, um, I shopping or doing things in Paris and then ice mountain things are yeah. extremely different. Um, but it sounds incredible. They are, but they're also extremely similar in that, um, they both have a sense of aliveness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love, um, I always say I'm like wizard thought pulling back the curtain, right? I love taking people and letting them experience fashion week and mm-hmm. showrooms and kind of like, oh, and also the humanness of it, like really the, the glitz and glamour gone. And right. I was just actually talking to someone last yesterday about how like the supermodels of the world, like literally Gigi Kendall, I mean, we're talking Carly. And that if you are backstage with them before a runway show in Paris and New York and Milan, they are all taking laxatives. They are all farting. It is not (laughs) pretty. It is not what you think of, of the superwomen, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Fantastic. But it literally is like, oh my gosh, I'm just like them. Right. And it's this empowerment. Yeah. And the same thing to take women, you know, off of a cliff and have them say hanging 300 feet, very safe, but on a Via Frada and stuff like that, sure. it's yeah. you get in your comfort zone and you realize what you're capable of That's and, right. and yeah, you live. And the same thing with them with clothes, you know, I can't tell you the number of women that have come in and are kind of like, oh, you know, I have this and pull back that curtain and walk out. And they are just like. Yeah ready to work and they are empowered and they feel beautiful and seen and all the above. Well, I I can't ever say that necessarily I've felt, I felt beautiful and seen, but I know when I go get a nice button up, that's tailored just for me. Right. Being six, five long and skinny. um, Right. I feel sharp. I I come out and it fits me nice. And so I can only imagine what you're doing um, just even with the clothing things, but um, you know, it's funny that you say it's like that human element. We do the same thing. Gathering the King started as a mastermind group. And so we've got these moments in time where business owners get together. And of course we get together over zoom and we're talking business strategy and everybody feels like they have it all together. But then there's these human moments, you know, where you go, Oh, wow. He's just like me, or she's just like me. She's struggling with the same things that I am. And you're right. It's that human perspective of going, ah, and it doesn't actually allow us to lower standard of like you said, farting and all these other weird things that go behind, but but it's like, no, no, they're just like me. I can now empower myself to be like them. Yes, absolutely. That is so well said. 
Well, I'm excited to dive in here. Before we do, you obviously are speaking at a level of just, you've been doing this for a minute. You're uber successful. You're like exploding with success and joy and you're helping other people do it. Why are at this level, do you like, you're, you're still pushing. You're still, you're on podcasts. You're, you're doing the, the business thing. Why? What's the bigger picture for you? Oh, I am. I am very much doing it. Um, And I very much work a lot of hours every week. And I do it, though, because I love what I do. I and what I do is I help souls feel alive. I mean, it's as simple as that, like and to wake up every day and to do what you're we're meant to do. Right. And to have that benefit is huge. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned with the gray hair is, is that I don't do everything. I do what I want to do. And, yeah. and listen, I mean, that's different than everyone says, you know, there's things that only you can do and learn to delegate. And yes, that's right. very true. Right. Sure. Yeah. But who says do what you want to do? Because mm-hmm. there is this thing of, um, I love always saying you shouldn't should on yourself. Don't should yeah. on yourself, right? But we, do it. we do it all the time. I should go to this dinner. I should do this. I should wear this. I should yeah. eat this, right? But the reality is there's so much, there, there's so much weight and, and, and yeah. fatigue with that. But yeah. when you say, what do I want to do? Right. And then why do I want to do it? Right. It's so much power. And the reality is, is to answer your question, I work really, really hard and I'm very best invested right now because I am doing what I want to do. And what I want to do is daily help women, mainly women, but also men in sure, different capacities, but, you know, really feel alive, seen, confident, powerful, just yeah. alive and show yeah. up. like yeah. show up like this is your this is your human experience like do something yeah. with it show up so. yeah i love i love that because <clears throat> that can be defined in this case for women for you or for me as a business owner helping other business owners yes. or it could be in whatever as you said human experience right whatever that means for us yes show up, be, be all that you can be, be the best version of you can be reach for the potential. I mean, we could probably split it like a hundred different ways here, but, um, be all that you're designed to be. Does that take, or has that taken a certain acknowledgement for you, for me and my journey, just real quick, I've had to acknowledge the things along the way of like, Hmm, that's what I'm made for. And then you press it, you press into it. Or those are the things that I want to do as opposed to the things that I have to do, or that I'm the only one that's good at it or whatever. Right. Has that been a journey for you? How do you explain that maybe to other women? Give us some input there. Um, I think that, I think definitely (laughs) the, the first thing that had to happen for me is I had to do, stop doing everything I thought would make me happy. Again, that's why I say shooting on yourself. I should. I love it. I'm stealing it by the way, just so you know, (laughs) go for it. Absolutely. I love it. You know, I should do this college major in college. I should take this job. I should marry this man. Right. I did a lot of those and I was really, really, really miserable for a lot of years. And it wasn't until I stopped and I was brave enough to ask, why am I doing all this? Like, what do I need? Right. And For me, that's where then my memoir came about of learning to fly. And, and that's why I published it was to share, you know, an extended podcast yeah, of yeah. the journey of me being able to, in a sense, reclaim my, myself, right. Yeah. And be proud of it and own it versus, um, versus diminish it. Be like, Oh, yeah. that's not very good. You know, you should be this Carmen, you know? Right. Um, right. and, and so much of it, I was in survival mode for a long time. My, my father left when I was five and my mom passed away when I was 17. And so I was on my own. And I remember like it was yesterday, um, when I was standing in the memorial hall, looking at my mom's body in a casket, I, I remember standing there and thinking, if I start crying, I will wake up 50 years old, a drunk on a park bench. And I would have missed my life yeah. because wow. I could not the, it's almost like looking at that wave coming toward me. Of oh, yeah. 
and sadness and despair. And I knew I wouldn't survive it. I wouldn't survive it yeah. if I felt. It. And so I literally, it was like, I just zipped up my soul, yeah, locked it up. Just, yep. mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what I am going to make, I'm going to walk out of here and she's in heaven and I'm going to become a doctor and I'm going to make a shitload of money. Sorry. Can I say that on your show? <laughs> You know, and, and I'm going to need no one. I'm going to absolutely yeah. need no one. And, um, and that served me in, in, it served me in that I didn't become crazy, like literally mentally lose it. I didn't, um, turn to lots of drugs and everything else to numb all the pain. Right. Um, I turned to ambition and success yeah. to numb the pain, right. And busyness. Yeah. Um, but Finally, at 33, once I had sold my first company um, and and done well and and been and on, on a beach retired in Hawaii, um, I finally, instead of deciding to win the Ironman Hawaii, you know, Ironman Hawaii or you know, whatever next, right? Distraction. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I literally was exhausted. And it came from exhaustion. It was like, you were so brave. I was like, I was exhausted. I was so yeah. exhausted. Yeah. And I knew that also there was this gut knowing that if I kept going, I was going to end up like my mom with two brain tumors and so sick. And my body was going to revolt. And, yeah, wow. and so I just sat down and I felt it. And what I thought was going to destroy me healed me and mm-hmm. just sitting in that pain and sitting in all the anger. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like you start healing. And I was like, oh my gosh, the world is so beautiful and it's not against me. And I don't have to fight everyone. I don't have to manipulate and, and, you know, and just, and now literally in my now third business that I'm in, um, you know, I manifest, I, um, I meditate and there's a lot of magic in my life. You know, it's, it's really different. And it's so much more fun. So, but I could not, it's to your point, absolutely. It's a journey. It's a absolute journey. I did not just, I was not blessed or, you know, the, the, the fairy didn't sprinkle me with like, oh, well, (laughs) you're going to live this perfect enlightened life. You know what I mean? You have to sit in the pain and grow and then, and then blossom. To yeah. I mean, you bring, you bring up such a great point and I love, thank you for sharing and just being vulnerable. I think that, um, whether male or female listening right now, we all have these moments, these mom in the casket wave coming towards us moments. And sometimes we deal with them, um, in the moment. Sometimes we deal with them later, knowing what you know now, and then we'll get into some more business stuff. So for the listener, hang tight here. I, I really think this is important. Um, do you think if you had dealt with it like you did at 33 on the beach in Hawaii at 17. Do you think that would have changed the trajectory at all? Um, Yes and no. It's a great question. Um, I am, I'm a risk taker. I'm fearless. I, I'm an entrepreneur through and through. It's just how I'm wired. Right. And now, and I think that's innate to my DNA. Um, So would, would I have done what I've done with with less regrets. Yes. Um, a few less divorces, um, <laughs> um, a few, um, yeah. So you had some casualties few. along the way because you didn't deal with oh, it. Yeah. I have had dead bodies. Not, yeah. not literally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It would have been a little, it would have been a lot less painful. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's not like it's not like I think if I would have dealt with it in a healthy way, I would have missed out on success. No, right, I would right. have had just as much success. It's, you do not have to be cool. You don't have to be the villain. That's what also business to now come back to business, right? It used to be that CEO had to be the Steve Jobs, right? right. You don't, you're not anymore. And it's not, you don't have to be that person to have success. And you never did have to be that person. Yeah, that's right. I was just talking about this actually with my team, um, my, the Gathering the Kings team, um, about a week or so ago. And, and what kept coming up was this phrase of, you know, basically becoming successful in a different way. Or, you know, in essence, what you're describing, becoming successful, but not how you think you have to. Right. Um, and, and I liken it even back to my sales career before I was a business owner, um, is I, I really took pride in being the best, the number one guy but that no one had anything. They couldn't tell me that I cheated or that I stole an account or that I wasn't the one willing to give 
you know, accounts back to people. Cause I was just abundant, you know, and yes. there's this different way of operating, which you've alluded to and, and just something very similar my team and I were just discussing about a week ago, which that you can be this, you know, this Uber successful individual business owner, uh, businesswoman, businessman, yes. you know, uh, mom, pop, you yes. know, uh, sibling, whatever, whatever title we want to give ourselves in, in yeah. life and all these different relationships and, and, and circles that we run in, but you can do it in this way that actually brings like wholeness. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And you, you um, said something really key is that it's an abundant mindset and, yeah. and that's a woo woo turn. That is a hard, like, that's yeah. real. That's real. That is your hand real. is open or it's closed. It is. It is very, and you either approach everything and I approach life from a scarcity, right? The world is against me. I have to right. fight everyone. Nothing's good's going to happen unless I make it happen, even from a manipulating way, right? Sure. Yeah. So now I approach the world. The world is beautiful and abundant and there is more opportunity than I can ever make good on. Right. Yeah. And you still, it's still just as much work, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, um, and, but you, it's, it's a mindset. You're absolutely right. And it's very real. So yeah. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. That's huge for a business. That's, uh, you're a hundred percent right. I would agree with you on, on the mindset. And then, and then you have to remind yourself, <laughs> or at least I do. I have to remind myself sometimes that, Hey, like, you know, you, we don't want to operate in scarcity here. Um, oh, yeah. because I think it's something that we have to kind of daily choose or weekly choose at least. Um, all right. So tell me about, so early on, you, you obviously sold a company at 33, you, right. you uber successful, you've got multiple companies now. So right. pick from whatever situation you'd like to, but I'd like to know in one of these businesses yes. before it was doing a million in revenue, I want to know a good decision that you made that you can share that was practical, that maybe the listener can write down, take a note of and something that they can implement into their business as well. Oh, well, um, the first decision is going for it. I mean, seriously, as simple as that. Right. But I think the second decision is, um, hire a personal, or if you want to call them executive assistant, hire an assistant. I am, it is. So when I was first starting GP Synergy, my first company in the tech industry, um, someone said to me, your first hire needs to be, a." personal assistant. And I literally, I was like, I I'm sorry. Um, I have no revenue. I have no clients. And you're right. telling me you have an expensive and personal assistant. Right. And, um, and they said, well, very quickly, you will have something to run to the post office. You'll have, you know, you'll have a lease to look at, you'll have drafts, you'll have, you know, you need a proofreader, you need this, you'll stuff. have stuff, stuff, light stuff. Right. And, um, yeah. and I did, and I, swear it is one of the, my secrets to success is that yeah. I am, um, and that first personal assistant, um, you know, after a couple of years grew into this role and grew into this role. And when I sold the company, she was named CEO. Wow. And, yeah. And it makes sense when you think about it, you have someone who's joined at your hip, who's hearing, hearing everything has complete visibility into yeah. almost everything. I mean, yep. pretty much. Right. And so they, you literally are trying to clone yourself, right? Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And so that person, when you're moving on, of course they can step in, right? Yeah. It just, it makes sense. And, um, and the really good ones are, you know, they're ambitious and they're different than you, but guess what? As a company evolves, it needs a different leader. Yeah. So sure. it's okay, you know, for that person not to be, not to be your clone in personality, right? Yeah. Cause they're, they're right. not an entrepreneur. Right. right. Also, let's, I mean, you know, you can talk about that. Here's, this is the CEO that's needed to launch a company. And this is a CEO once it's in maintenance mode. Like right. I am a horrible CEO in maintenance mode. I, <laughs> oh, I make a mess of everything. Right. Because right. I don't know how to do maintenance mode. I'm right. a creator. I like to create. And yes. so that's why then A-Line Adventures came about. A-Line Stories came about, right? right? We're opening out in Salt Lake City. We're going out of state, right? I have to keep creating. And now, and I, and then I surround myself with people who are the maintenance, you know, who, who are amazing yeah. managers and directors and executives in the maintenance mode. Yeah. hundred percent. I think the, you, <laughs> the, the, the serial entrepreneur ish that you've described <clears throat> not only do we get bored in maintenance mode, but we, it's like, um, it doesn't fulfill the crazy in us. No. Like there's a certain level of crazy where it's like, oh yeah, yes, I want to go back to beating my head against the wall oh, totally. for a brand new thing. Right. Totally. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I'll take the beating of the head on the wall over 
you know, every like everything is going great. I actually kind of oddly, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is probably good for the for the listener here, even though they haven't hit a million in revenue yet, they have this same mentality. A lot of entrepreneurs do, where it's like we look for problems. Sometimes we create problems. Oh yeah, just to keep ourselves entertained. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No. And I think that's where if your goal isn't big enough or, and, and as soon as you start meddling, um, you need to create, you need to have a bigger goal or you need to excuse yourself. Um, and you need to get out. Yeah. So good. Okay. So just right on that, before we leave this good decision topic, what you just said there, as far as like kind of acknowledging that moment of like, when you begin to get a little restless, a little, like a little meddling going on, little creating of problems, What would you say for the person listening right now who, again, business isn't very big yet, and maybe they've got the the meddling. What I heard you just say is the goal is not big enough. Yeah. Expand that just a little bit. I'm a a business owner. I'm in the trades or I'm in marketing, whatever it is. I'm doing five, six hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm starting to get a little antsy. Fill in the blank. Well, I think I can think of a lot of entrepreneurs who were the best technician or the best skilled trade, right? In right. before when they're working for someone and they said, I want to stop making everyone else money and I want to make my own money, right? Right. And so they they do that. And um, but that was their goal. Their goal was really just to work for themselves and right. feed their parents, right? And yeah. so the, the if they're honest, they might have said, Oh, yeah, the company's this, but really their goal has already been met. If you're yeah. at five or six, you know what I mean? You're under that million, but guess what? you're profitable or you're, right. you know, you have the revenue coming in, you're feeding your family. So yep. your goal needs to grow. So now yeah. it's time to sit back and say, what do you actually want? And I call it moonshot goals. Like it's literally shooting for the moon. Right. Yeah. And so what is that huge, audacious, hairy, big goal? Right. And is it, you know, like for me years ago, when I had, a, I bought a line, um, it was an established boutique here in Denver, um, okay. one store, 2,600 square feet in a strip mall, which now is called lifestyle center. I just learned that. So in a lifestyle center, um, <laughs> so anyhow, we're all evolving. Um, uh, yeah, apparently so. I just learned something. <laughs> there you go. It's not called a strip mall anymore. It's called a lifestyle center. Okay. So, um, so anyhow, but it's, you know, it's, and, and they, the owners were your quintessential boutique owners. They had an amazing eye. They loved to go to market. It was a hobby for them. It was a paid hobby. Sure. Right. Um, and, um, and they were going to close it because it really wasn't profitable and they were, had moved to Europe and, and, um, and so I bought it, but I bought it really as, um, a way to meet other cool women in Denver who wanted to show up and not just be like, here's my Celine bag. Cause it wasn't about a label. It was about, mm-hmm. um, being casually chic, you know, being put yeah. together, but not being fussy and, and st- having style and showing up in the world. And so I yeah. thought if I love this, someone else is going to love this. And so, um, and I'm going to meet other women and I have, and that's, what's been incredible. But so yeah. my goal was very small. Does that make sense? And, yeah. and they did 300,000 the first year we did 700,000. The next year we had one point four million. Right. And so when we hit that, I had to pause and I had to go, what is my next goal? Because I've done it. Right. Yeah. You quadrupled. Um, I know some, and I could say I have now, you know, I think we had maybe a thousand customers and like 200. I mean, there's, there's a lot of women I vacation with now that I've met through my boutique, right. Just because we would have never met in life. And it's such a cool um, hub. And so I had to say, what's my next goal? And it was really interesting because I literally said it at a party because I was standing at a party and, um, and someone said something like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, you're at the point, you know, maybe Nordstrom will buy you. And I was like, no, I'm going to buy Nordstrom. <laughs> and they're like, they kind of joked. And then I was yeah. sitting there and they go, you're serious. And I was like, oh, I'm dead serious. 100%. And this is when I was, you know, 2,600 square feet, one little store right. in a suburb of Denver. Right. Right. Um, but I was like, that's my moonshot goal. I'm not going to get bought by Nordstrom. I'm going to buy Nordstrom or compete with them and take them out. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's an audacious, hairy, big goal. Right. And, um, and now we're on our way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love the transformation that you just took us through because it's so true. It can go from feeding my family. Yep. Purchasing a little boutique. Let me see what I can do with this. Let me just meet a couple of ladies. Yeah. To, you know, obviously all the relationships that you've done, you know, life with have actually created your other companies, actually. Yep. 
And, and so not only has that been an expansion of the original goal now into bigger goals, but what you just said is, you know, obviously I laugh, not, not at you, but in like, wow, you know, um, you buying Nordstrom. Wow. You know, like the, the audacity that you have to say that, um, yeah, you're right. We have to have those moments. And even if we chuckle at ourselves. Oh, totally. And this is the thing I couldn't, if someone would oh, tell me the plan, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have right. a business plan to do that. And, and this is where you don't have to tell everyone, right? right? But you have to have it yourself and you have to, it has to be something actually that you want to. That's it's right. not again, the should goal. It's not like right. the answer you're supposed to give, right? Because it could have also been, let's say I wasn't Um, didn't want the business goal. Right. But now that I was feeding my family, it could have been like, oh my gosh, you know, now I want to co-create with a designer. Right. right? Right. I want to, I want to, um, or I want to, um, start a charity for wealthy women who help people who are struggling and getting jobs and dressing and stuff like that. Does that make sense? It didn't, but it had to, you have to have a new goal because and you have to realize, wow, my first goal I achieved and maybe I achieved in three months. Maybe I achieved it faster than I ever thought possible. Well then pause and figure out what is the next thing that gets you excited. Yeah. Yeah. And then go for it. If you don't have that next thing, what I have found is that it's either that or it's basically like accepting average. That's, it seems a little harsh. It is. We've, we've heard these things that either you're growing or you're declining. And so even though, it feeds my family. I've re- I've reached my goal. It's it's good. Anything that I've ever had my hand to, the second that I'm in coast mode or in yeah. maintenance mode, like we talked about, personally as creators, yeah. as these high driving entrepreneurs, yeah, it, it just it just doesn't work. I, I can't be in that in that in that uh, that realm. And so I guess the encouragement here for the listener um, before we move on is just that first off, acknowledge that if this is if if you're like this, if you're like me and Carmen. Um, not, you don't, 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 don't meddle and create problems, Yep. but in all seriousness, sit down and be proactive about, um, you know, moving out that goal or creating some, some BHAG here where you've got this ginormous target around something that you don't probably even believe, but it's okay. It's okay. We need, we need to have it. We need to have it written down and we need to probably go after it. What, What would you add to that? Oh yeah. What I was just going to add was, I think it took me a while to realize though, that I hadn't, um, let me say it differently. Um, for a little bit, when I started getting bored, right. I thought maybe I've lost my edge. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was a sprinter. I just had this one good drive and now I'm actually, I'm a phony. I'm an imposter. Uh, I'm really not um, capable of anything more. And I'm not capable of running this business. And this is the, that was the aha that went, no, I'm not capable of maintaining a business. I was meant to create that because I think I got stuck there for a while and I was really hard on myself. And I was kind of like, you know, and I felt like I couldn't say to anyone, I'm kind of over it, right? Or I'm kind of bored. And I'm not saying you say that to, you know, maybe your direct worker bees, right? Right there. People <laughs> like, well, if you're over it, I'm over it. But the, this 100%. is what's interesting. Even if you don't say it, they feel it. Oh, 100%. Right. So, but there's nothing wrong with you. You just yeah. weren't created to maintain a business. Yeah, that's right. So, so good. Yes. Or run a business. You're yeah, crazy. it's you just gave permission to hundreds, if not thousands, of entrepreneurs to go. Ah, yes, <clears throat> that's how I feel because I, I've I, those exact moments that you just described. I feel, and you're right. We feel like this imposter syndrome sometimes that pops in, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's not who I'm designed to be. But you're 100 percent right. It just means that there's another level, and you can still be in that business. You just need that next layer. of entrepreneur or integrator or COO, however you want to label this individual or team that can, uh, can, that can play that maintenance, maintenance role or growth role, but in a different trajectory. It's not the creator role. Yes. Okay. Let's flip the script. Carmen, tell me about a bad choice you made. That was just, you know, fist on the palm, you know, palm on your forehead going, ah, I have made so many, it's not even funny, Um, right? I think everyone has, but, and it's interesting because I think all of the bad decisions um, are all rooted in when I am reacting out of fear or control. Um, And I loved, I love to 
pause and, and start there at first there, because it really is any time that I'm because it's a reaction and it's a, it, it's not, it's not strategic. It's not creative and it's not kind. And I, I can't believe if you would have known the 20 year old, if you would have ever told her that the 48 year old would have been using the word kind in a business podcast, right? I would have thrown up. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am an ambitious, tenacious, adventurous, right. fierce person, but I have learned the power of kindness. And so every time that I have not been kind um, and I have been reacting out of control and fear, um, it has gone horribly wrong to the point of, you know, losing a phenomenal team member, right? I mean, truly like I can look back and say, this was the conversation where there was a fork in the road and I was never able to recover him or her. Um, And um, to, you know, to um, even just personally and, you know, relationships with relationship with my, you know, daughter, child that I'm like, oh, that was bad. If there's any way to rewind that, you know? Um, So, I mean, I can lose lots like, I mean, for boutique owners, please, please, please um, do never put one on the floor like Europe. I tried it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, It doesn't work because guess what? Americans are used to seeing what's available. And if they only see extra smalls on the floor, they assume you don't carry larges, which I pride myself in carrying larges and size tens and twelves, right? Um, From um, book, um, you know, worst mistake was, um, thinking that I was, my story was brilliant enough that I could spend, you know, um, less than a year. And I wrote this phenomenal story and I found an editor and I thought it'd be published. And it was published 12 years later. Once I learned wow. the craft of writing, right. I had a phenomenal story. I was a horrible writer. There's a very yeah. big difference. Now I could have yeah. had someone ghostwrite it, but I wanted to learn to write. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have made, um, oh, not knowing what cash flow is. Yeah. Cash flow. Okay, that was a really, really, really bad mistake. Um, In, enlighten so I, us on the cash flow. <laughs> Give us yeah, this story. This yeah. is a good one. Yes. I mean, I've made so many mistakes. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, obviously, we can all relate to that. I, I appreciate your vulnerability around relationships because I think if, you're right. Like the, the 20 year old version of yourself may, may be a little, you know, like confused with the word kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but really what it is, is it's, it's maturity of relationship. It's maturity of communication. It's, it's not being so urgent and so deadline oriented, or as you're saying, fierce about your targets that you realize that there's other humans involved. Yeah. Yeah. You realize the sum is really greater than the parts. Right. And, and if you, if you want to be an independent consultant, fine, you can plow over every one, right. Except for the clients and be successful. Right. Um, If you want a team and you want a company and, you know, organization just is Latin for organism. It's a living thing, right? Um, If you want a living thing, you can't kill it in getting to the goal. And I used to, I used to plow yeah. over everyone and anything to get to. And then I was like, we won. And it's like, no, no nobody was there with no, you. No, was there with me. Yeah. So it was, you know, that's my most painful mistakes, right? The other ones yeah. are all transactional and growth and industry and sure. stuff like that. But I mean, if I could have known that now, and that's another reason why, you know, someone said learning to fly my memoir should be required reading for all in all business schools. Um, because, um, and I, I agree because if I would have listened to someone and approach business differently, um, I again have a lot less regrets, um, and a lot more success because the people I didn't honor and I didn't respect were the valuable people, right? right? The worker bees put up with me because they were getting enough from me. The equals of mine, when I didn't treat them like an equal as a human equal, right? Right. Exactly. They were gone. And that was a, that's a really big loss to a business. Yeah. 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 You know, the, <clears throat> yeah, that's, it's just really, really good perspective. Um, I think that even, you know, I hope that your book does become required reading. Um, but <laughs> Great. even if it does, I, I can see myself at 20, I probably you at 20 also, maybe there's a 
25 year old or even, yeah. you know, someone listening right now that's, that's hearing us talk about this. And right. even if you and I had heard us talking about this in our twenties, right. right. Would we have listened? Would well, we have had the perspective? I don't know. I don't think I would have had the confidence. That's the difference. Yeah. I don't think I would have had the self-confidence not to have the need to prove myself. Right. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So aggressive. Um, but what I would have, everyone just told me, be kind, be this, but no one actually, actually said, okay, wait a minute. If you want the rock stars, if you want use, how do you want to be treated? Right. right. And would you put up with this? And if right. I think if someone would have said that to me, I would have been sure. like, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like, wait a minute. Right. I need to pause, you know, before I just pounce. Yeah. 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 Because the use and the eyes of the world don't want to be under the thumb no. or controlled or manipulated no. or, no. or any of that. Not that we're trying to do those things to the people who aren't like us, um, right. but the, it's just a different profile. And so we're providing something different for those right. profiles than we would be for someone that would be more like us. And you're right. Um, that's the fastest way to drive a driver away. Yep. 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 We need, Which we need possibly. drivers. Um, we can't be we the need. only one. Um, the example that you gave there of, of racing all the way to the finish line and Hey, we made it. And then being by yourself, I think that we can all relate to that to a degree, you know, whether it's been, you know, some of the holidays with edible arrangements for me, we get done and I'm the only one at the end, like that is still standing, even though I, I was up for four days everybody else is dead. It's like, we made it, but, but, but was it worth it? You know, um, yeah. you gotta, you gotta be able to really take care of people along the way, I think is, is the number one thing here. Yes. I wanted to give you just a quick, quick opportunity here before we transition to the speed round. Is okay. there some sort of a discipline or a process that you have now when making decisions? We talked about you making decisions early, good and bad. What about now this uber successful profile? How does, how does this happen nowadays? I don't make any decision in a silo. You know, we're too big. Um, and big, I mean, we only still like with A-line 20 some employees, you know what I mean? But right. but still, we have four stores. We have 18,000 customers. We, you know, but we're too big. I don't make a decision, right? I And also we've grown to the point that like our CFO, I mean, she came from Janice, our CEO. We have... I have really, I have great team members. Right. And so I, I don't, you know, people laugh at me all the time. Uh, our CFO's husband, literally we were out to dinner and I looked at her and I was like, can I do this? And he looked at me, he goes, he looked at my boyfriend. He goes, doesn't she own the company? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't make a move without her because yeah. there's an honor and there's a respect. Oh and yeah. So it really is like I, and I don't, I don't need, I have that confidence. I don't need to prove I'm in charge or I own the yeah. company. Of course I own the company, right? right? You know, that I don't have to prove that. So I yeah. really don't. I mean, there's times I don't make a decision without my assistant. I'm like, can right. I do this? I mean, I pause yeah. and ask her, you know I mean? Cause yeah. she's managing up to me and oh, she's totally. like, mm, you know, wait, you're kind of packed here. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know what I mean? Like I ask people, I ask all the time and I, I have yeah. a practice of encouraging my team to manage up, manage yep. me, communicate, rumble with me. I love that from Brene Brown's dare to lead yeah. rumble, yeah. that term yeah. of rumbling, um, bravely, confidently, respectfully, yes, trust rumbling and, wow. and, and we are a team member. So that's yeah. the biggest practice that I will, I, I consciously and intentionally do on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I think that you're right. And and for the entrepreneur listening right now, who most likely they don't have the healthy rumble, they probably got some rumblings. Um, but it's probably more of a of a challenge of, you know, a young um, person on their team that is unbridled, they don't know how to handle it. How how would you suggest the listener right now if they want to, they walked away? People. I have those too. I, yeah, I of course. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I don't, I, I mean, we're still small enough. It's not like I got this insulated bubble, right? Totally. I still, um, so all of our stylists, I don't have any store managers because I don't hire anyone who has to be managed. So from a, from an organizational strategic perspective, I've kind of solved it right away that if you need to be managed, and I tell people this, if you need to be managed and told when to get to work and when to go home and when you, this is the wrong company for you. Right. Yeah. Um, because I won't do it. I'll just fire you you're done. You're going to be done very fast. Right. Um, but what, um, and so with that, I do give them this, I expect, and we all, we all react, even the 20 year olds. I, you know, I, 
I go, I set the frame, I frame it, I set the expectations, and then I trust they're going to do that. And I, when they don't do it, when there is a miss, um, I pause and I invest in them. I invest time in them and I pause and I sit and I sit down and I have coffee with them and I go, you are better than this. This is what I know about you. Da, 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 da. This is the reality. And the minute they start spinning it, I go, don't bullshit a bullshitter. I am the queen of spin. You cannot spin to me. Do not tell me you had this and this. I I see through all of it, right? So either we're going to have a real conversation right now or I'm done investing. And every single time they either coach them up or out. They either go, you know, screw you and walk out the door. Great, I'm done. That was easy. No more. Not worth investing in. Or leap, huge leaps. Now, do they go backwards? Sure. We all do. That's a human journey, right? But it really is. They leap. And I I have these people on my team and they're like, how do you have these phenomenal, independent, driven, you know, just brilliant team members who are in their twenties. And I'm like, because I expect things of them, but I also support and coach them. And I believe in them. I really do. It goes back to that heart and kindness. I actually really believe in them. And I think, and I, and I pause and I cement when that 20 year old who maybe didn't have the maturity to handle client situation. Well, has the insight on how to post something, or maybe a line we need to be carrying. And I cement that I go, you are valuable. And you just brought this to the team. And they did for real. Right Right. now, what I get to bring to them is some coaching on maybe how to handle and finesse and how to have a little more maturity. Right. But, um, but, and I don't pull people up the hill, by the way, entrepreneurs who are having those rock stars and you're pulling them up the hill and you want it more than they do stop. Right. Yeah. Hold them accountable, call them on, you know, call them on their mistakes and see what they do. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think. I think they could just hit pause. We could stop probably the whole thing right now and they'd just be, I mean, writing notes for days. But in all seriousness, if you're listening right now, hit the pause button, go back. Oh, probably just to the beginning. Um, but <laughs> the, the last three minutes have been incredible. I want to transition to the speed round. First okay. question is this for you, Carmen. If we take your entire business conglomerate. Yep. We dwindle it all the way down into only one thing that you could track. What would you choose to track forever and ever? Right now, right now, I answered it as right now, I would check sell through. So it's, okay. it's very, it's very logistical. It's very quantitative. It's literally mm-hmm. sell through on a product in our store, et cetera, because we do have four physical locations and, you know, and that has the most liability and I would track that. Okay, great. And okay. what book would you recommend for a six figure business owner just getting started? Oh, good to great. It's uh, it's the oldest, right? Jim Collins, but it, and I think a lot of new entrepreneurs that have missed it, right. It is still, still applicable. Um, right. Right. you know, it's, I, you know, yeah. So, um, so go back to good to great. Um, and, um, yes. <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm talking. It's our it's, speed round. No, gotta, it's such a, <laughs> exactly. It's okay. It's such, it's, it is a, it is, it is one of the classics and it does get overlooked. I think a bunch. Um, but I use phraseology from that book almost every single week, right seat, right bus, you know, I mean, you, you name it. Um, it is very applicable to the building a business in today's uh, environment. So yes. What, um, what do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Um, I, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I believe in collaboration. I do not think I'm the smartest person in the room and I love the power of insight and lessons and everything like that. I do a lot of masterminding right now, thankfully with my team, just because it has grown to that level and that caliber. Um, but absolutely it is every chance I get, you know, it's so funny when I go to um, New York market or Paris market, I will grab, you know, this phenomenal, um, owner from another store out in Charlotte or, you know what I mean? Or LA. And I'm like, wait, and my best conversations are right there. Just, just, and I dive right in or with a designer. So I'm, I believe in masterminding. It's huge. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Operational question. If you only had one hour each week, this is not on your list, by the way, this is a secret question. (laughs) If you only had one hour each week to operate your business, what would you do in that one hour to successfully do what you do now? Oh, that's easy. I'd call clients. 
I'd call clients. It's my favorite thing that I do. So when we have, when, when either, you know, a new client walks in and, and does a larger than average sale, or yeah. maybe someone who's been shopping has a, you know, four times the normal sale. Um, I pick up the phone and I call them and I say, you know, we have four locations now, right? So obviously I'm not in the stores and a sure. million other things going on. So I pick up the phone and I just literally call them and I go, Hey, this is Carmen. You know, I own a line. Thank you for shopping local. And just thank you. I just want you to have my name, my phone number, you know, but I also just really want to tell you how important it is, right. For me as a business owner to have your support in you to shop local. Right. And it's been, it is by far, it's that Elsa 80, 20 rule, right. In one hour, how many clients could I call a lot? Because it's a short conversation. It's not a strategy. Yeah. It's not a long session. It's a quick, you know, connect. Um, yeah. And those connections, I cannot tell you years later, years later. I mean, and there's some people, I don't even know who they are. Like, like, I mean, there's some like wife of this player, right? I mean, like we're right. talking like the biggest players in the world, or I didn't even know I called someone who is a lead singer. I mean, his, his, her husband is a lead singer of like one of the biggest bands in America. I mean, right. you know, cause I don't, I don't know who these women are. I just yeah. like, Oh, you shopped. I want to thank you. Right. And later they're like, I literally, that phone call is what differentiated you. Yeah. So I love calling and I call all of our clients who are also angry. I, the first thing I said, if you have a client issue, your first call, when you hang up or you walk away from that client, your first call better be me or your ass is fired. Right. I better know about it. And I don't want to hear about it later because I can fix it. Or I want at least an at bat that I can fix it. So I call any client who's also had a bad experience personally personally and I connect to them. Yeah, I think that the, the the little drop, the connection that you described here is is what transcends time. Or uh, we've we've got this phrase inside of Gathering the Kings. Um, actually, Brianna on my team, who you got to meet, uh, came up with it. It's this transcending the transaction, and yeah. that hmm. moment. Oh, so that one, that one's for me now. You can have my See, show. That, now, I'll get exactly to the transaction. <laughs> Yeah, because that's exactly what you're talking about. You're making it about the human, about the relationship, not about necessarily just that one individual transaction. It matters. Long-term, years later, it matters. matters. Last question for you, Carmen. Are you ready? Yep. If you lost it all, what would you do? Oh, I would move to Costa Rica. I almost did COVID. I'm not kidding. So when you're signing leases, right, on 46, like the one behind me, 4,600 square feet, um, and I have 15,000 square feet of A-class retail space that I am personally guaranteeing, yep. okay? And that's no problem when you think, okay, one store could fail, right? right. But when all four get closed simultaneously with COVID before yep. PPP came out, you don't know what's happening. And I still, and oh, no man. one's waiving rent. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's unforeseen. And, and, and I have all this inventory. I mean, I literally, there was a very real moment, Chaz, where I went, I'm going to have to start over. I'm going to have to cl- declare bankruptcy. Yep. And, um, and first I had a big panic. Then I had a really, really big cry. And then I started dreaming and I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? And it was a real question. It wasn't a like this philosophical or hypothetical. It was a very real question that I was, and I went, I'm taking my daughter. We're moving to Costa Rica and I'm going to open a surf school and it's going to be phenomenal. I love it. I love it. That, that moment that you described of, of almost utter failure due to COVID. I, I remember exactly where I was when I had that exact same feeling. Um, Obviously being in retail, some of my businesses are in retail as well. Um, I remember those first three weeks after the lockdown and it was like, okay, well, we might have to go a different direction here and, um, and exploring all different types of options. And so I guess I correlate that, you know, not only just to your story, obviously it's the same moment in time, but as entrepreneurs, we have these ups and downs, we have these moments, but what I didn't hear you say is I cried and and then I wanted to quit. It was, I cried, I got it out. Yep. And then what's next? Yeah. 
Yeah. Life is still, and I think that's where losing my mom at 17 from two brain tumors that, you know, one night we're playing their Uno and healthy as can be. And the next morning I found her in a grand mal seizure. And then she's given three months to live. You know, I think there's something uh, very, you know, environmental that was taught to me at a very young age of just, um, if, as long as I have my health, as long as I have my health, the sky's the limit, right? And so, um, so, you know, COVID, you know, thankfully I was healthy, right. My business was not, um, but I was healthy and I still had all my great ideas and all, and now I had all this experience and I was just going to do it better. So, um, there was no victimhood. There was no blaming. There was no poor me. Um, there was, there was real, like you said, real fear, real crying, real mourning. Those are, those are healthy, you know, feelings. Um, and then there was, okay, birth okay, now, now I have a clean slate and let's birth something else. And, um, and so that, that moment, that confidence that you now have that even in the pressing of the heart of the uh, moment, yes, knowing what you would do now. And this is what, this is what, I mean, I don't know if I've actually ever said this on a show or 175 shows in the, the reason for this question is to, to give confidence to the entrepreneur today, just like you have right now to where you're like, I can't lose. Of course, of course, the individual storefront there, you know, something might tactically happen wrong, but you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can't lose. Yes. Yes. And I would say, reclaim your confidence to those entrepreneurs listening, reclaim that confidence you had as a kid. Okay. There is a beauty and innocence of our soul when we are little and we burst in a room and we don't think, is the idea smart enough? Is my shirt, you know, if, do I have the right outfit on whatever we just burst in and we say it right. Yeah. And, and reclaim that and know that you were born with that. You didn't go to school for that. You didn't, that's just who you are. It's yeah. your net worth, right? It's, it's just intrinsic. You are beautiful and divine. And like, and so, yeah, ho- ho- like you said, hold on to that whole, you know, have that confidence and let it stem from that, that nothing can take it away because also you didn't do anything to do it. You were just born with it. That's That's who you are. That's right. Carmen, you've been absolutely incredible. How can the listener find your boutiques? How can they, um, if they're a woman and they want to, they want to hang off of a side of a cliff, Yes. They want to just connect with you. Like, how, how can they find your book? All of it. Yes, all of it. You can just literally go to aline-online.com and you'll find everything. And then also personally me, everything's under just my name from LinkedIn to Instagram to, to Facebook and everything else. Just literally spell my name, Carmen with a K. Um, my mom's name is Karen. And if you put an M in it, it becomes Carmen. Okay. And then Berenson, as it sounds, B-E-R-E-N-T-S-E-N. So um, those two, they can connect with me. And I would love to hear from anyone. Uh, message me, yeah. DM me, you know, um, every, all the above, because it's yeah. wonderful to know that, you you know, more than you and I, Chaz, got to hear this episode. And, and if yeah. it did bless someone, if it did inspire someone, I, I would love to know that. So yeah. let me know. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, wow. 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 Thank you for being here. Blessings on your store, your family, your daughter, uh, maybe your move at some point to Costa Rica. You never know. (laughs) Thank you for being here, Carmen. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.